the way the church grew, I'm going to read you a scripture. It's pretty neat. After Peter preached this great message and thousands of people gave their life to Christ, the church began to grow because people began to choose to meet together. And I'm going to read you a scripture. It's in Acts. It's, it's my favorite, man. And I think if our church doesn't look like this, I'm doing it wrong. We are doing it wrong. We, we may need another pastor if we aren't doing this. Here's what it looks like. As Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47, it says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayer. They continued in the doctrine fellowship, breaking bread, and prayer. Then fear came on every soul, and many signs and wonders were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together, and all had all had all things in common, sold their possessions and their goods, and divided it among them as anyone that had need. So continually, daily, according, they met together in the temple, breaking bread, and from house to house. They ate their food with gladness, sincere simplicity hearts, Praising God for and having favor for all the people. The Lord added to the church daily those that were being saved. One, let me pray. Jesus, please God, help today. Amen. Here's how the church grew. People got together at church and they were excited about what God was doing. And then it was so good. They prayed. They, they broke bread together. And then they decided, you know what? This is good. Let's meet up at Shannon's house tomorrow. Hey, you know what? Let's get together. Let's go to Brittany's house tomorrow. Hey, let's get together. Let's go to Brian's house tomorrow. Guys, we have to be together. I, I, I want to encourage you. I think that something powerful happens when, when the church decides to even meet outside the walls. And if you bring other people in with you, please, you have to initiate this. But this is how the church grows. We get together and we talk about what God's doing. Is God doing great things in your life? Is he doing anything cool in your life? Is he showing you anything in scripture? Is he showing you anything in prayer? Is he showing you anything at work? Is he showing you anything in your finances? Is he showing you anything in your family? Then we gotta get together and share that. Are you struggling? Then we gotta get together with other people and we share that. And we share that and we share that. Natalie, where are you at? There you are. Yeah, all right, cool. I thought you were someone else. Um, it's always in the corner of my eye. Okay, cool. So Natalie is uh, having a hard, heavy heart today, and she's going to share a story about something that's troubling her. Did I say that right? Yes. Great. Um, yesterday, my cousin buried her husband. She's not even 30. Um, nine months ago, he was diagnosed with a very rare Cancer. Actually, there's only 100 documented cases in medical history of the cancer that he had. And the prognosis was nine months. And he died a week ago yesterday. And with that, she is faced with massive amounts of medical bills. And they own their own business. And that is basically, at this point, not sure where it's going to be going because she wasn't actually the owner he was. So she's not sure if she's going to be able to file bankruptcy or what's going to happen financially speaking. So financially speaking, she's in great need. And um, they have a son, six years old. And she said in her video on Friday, because um, um, they've 
posted um, live Facebook uh, streams under the Candid Craigs. Um, you can look them up on Facebook and see the whole story. Um, that the 26th, um, they found out early on whenever he had his first surgery um, that she was actually pregnant and she lost the baby and the 26th would have been her due date. So not only is she mourning the loss of her husband, but she's also mourning the loss of the child that wasn't. So if you guys could help. Would you say a prayer for her right now? Her name's Alexandra. God, I pray for Alexandra and little Johnny. You know the need. You know that they love you. And that she is going to have so much to deal with, even now. I mean, she's already had so much to deal with. Um, But I pray that you give her strength and you give her peace. And knowing that no matter what happens in the future, whether immediate or long term, that you are in control and that there's going to be testimonies to your faithfulness in this circumstance. And that you will show more and more that you are faithful and that you are loving and that you are kind. And that even though this is an immense tragedy, they still would stop and praise you and thank you for your goodness. They may not understand it. I don't understand it. But you were good. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Nat. We love you. Um, Here's what the church has decided to do. We have some other families in our church that have um, been through scenarios like this. In fact, one of our most significant families in our church um, is, uh, is, is Caleb. Um, uh, I'm not going to call on you right now, but there will be a day where I do. But Caleb, um, several years ago, um, lost his father in um, a tragic accident, and um, we were able to step in and be there for that family. And since then, the whole family has come to Christ in a really powerful way. In fact, Caleb's one of our worship leaders. His mom is our kids pastor. His uh, stepdad now, which is crazy to see the whole family come together, is on our board. And uh, we were significantly able to be involved in that family, and we want to help this family in a dark season. Amen? And in fact, this is what the scripture says that the apostles did, is that they came together and they gave everything that they had for anyone that was among them that had need. Right? And so uh, today, if you want to give um, for this situation on, um, pay, on, on our app or um, on our website or in the offering, just put in love offering and uh, whatever dollar amount, maybe five, ten, a hundred dollars, that'd be cool. The church is already going to give a, a set amount, so I don't need you to give, but if you, God moves you, um, we would be honored to help this family that's in crisis. Amen? Cool. Brian and Brandy, would you come? I... Uh, Really uh, wanted to, I just wanted to take time. And what is it like to break bread? Uh, you sit around a table and you tell stories about what God has done in my life. Hey, who are you? What, what did God do in your life? And what's neat is the story that I know of Brian five years ago and the story that I know of Brian today is completely different. And I had the opportunity of being at Brian's uh, connect group table for several weeks and um, seen you grow over the last years. And, but I, man, my wife looked at me one day and she goes, Dude, he's doing well. And, um, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> All right. I have my days. And then I, I realized, man, she normally sees things far before I do. Um, I'm so proud of 
who you guys are, and uh, they have a unique story that they're going to tell you for a few minutes. I'm just here for support. This means a great deal of um, a lot to me because I got to be involved in this process. All right, now I know what Tim feels like. I'm sweating. (laughs) Yes, sir. Uh, pretend this is stand-up comedy. How's everybody doing? Uh, no. Um, thank you, Tim, uh, for the opportunity. Jerk. No. Um, but uh, the reason why uh, we're up here is because, um, you know, I can, I can definitely tell you a difference between um, living in Christ and living not in Christ, okay? And I'll tell you, it's very black and white, okay? There's no confusion between the two. Um, so, uh, uh, just a kind of a quick synopsis on me. I, I grew up going to church my, uh, my whole life. I grew up in the Assemblies of God Church. My father was a deacon. My mother was involved in the church. Um, just a very spirit, uh, spirit-filled family uh, I came from. Um, you know, again, nobody's perfect, but, uh, you know, I came from a good, a great uh, background and, and wonderful mentors in my life. Um, grew uh, Moved to moved out of when I was twelve. I moved from um, uh, New York to Pennsylvania, and I had two. I'm the youngest of uh, two brothers. Uh, I have um, one's in the Air Force, is about to retire, and the other one uh, still lives in Pennsylvania. Um, but anyway, I was the youngest of um, uh, three brothers, and um, I when we moved to Pennsylvania, my middle brother I really looked up to a lot, and um, he uh, he was going through a lot of. Uh, uh, drug problems, and he was going through a lot of things, and uh, uh, he uh, he left. He decided the best thing for him was to, to leave and go into the Air Force, and he de- he did that, and uh, it, it, it definitely was the best thing for him because it, it, it really changed his life around, and, and, um, and uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm kind of trailing off here, but uh, I, I think the biggest thing that I wanted to say is that, um, you know, when... I was when I was younger. I uh, I strayed away from the Lord because going to church was it just seemed normal. It just seemed hearing about God was just uh, I, I just thought it was part of everyday life, and I didn't realize what the outside world was was really like for other people. And um, so you know I I you know I strayed away and I, I got into things that I shouldn't have. I got into and I um, in my in my um, in my young twenties um, I, I got into. I, had a heavy addiction of cocaine, and um, it was it was a real problem for me. And um, but you know I, during that whole time, you know I knew I felt the prayers of my parents and the people that were around me because I, I was never satisfied in the darkness. There was times where you know I, I felt the presence of the Lord, and I was higher than the kite, you know. And you know I, I felt the presence of the Lord around me, and um, you know. I, I, and make a long story short, I met this wonderful woman, and um, at the time, both of us uh, weren't weren't serving the Lord, and and uh, we were doing things we shouldn't have been doing. And then, you know, I, we come to find out that um, that she's pregnant with this this wonderful young man over here, and um, I never forget a time that you know we uh, we realized that you know wow we're gonna we're gonna have a baby we got we gotta we gotta grow up you know we gotta st- stop living this life. So we started going to church, and, and, and Brandy dedicated her life to the Lord, and, and she just took it like went a thousand miles an hour. And, and look at her now. I mean, I'm I just I'm so proud of this woman. Um, but uh, you know, I just I think at the end of the day that um, you know when uh, after 
we started going back to we started going back to church. Um, we we went to a church service and uh, there was a, a gentleman there. Uh, it was a prophet there at the church, and and uh, the prophet came up to uh, had a word for Brandy and I. And and my parents were with us, and they didn't know she was pregnant. Nobody knew it at the time. And and the and the prophet came up to my wife and said, "There's a seed inside of you." And said, "There, there's a, there's a, you have a gift, and that that gift is going to be that God is going to use that gift inside of you, like like never before." And we were just, we were floored because no one knew. Like, it, it must have been important because God told somebody that I don't know about something that He doesn't know about something about my life. You know, I mean, that's 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 huge. You know, that that was really impactful for I believe for both of us. And um, I think that was uh, part of the, that was a really huge turning, turning point for us. And um, uh, I just, you know, you, you, look when, you look back and you see how the enemy tries to use your life and tries to use all your circumstances to destroy you. But then God blesses you with, blesses you and you have this gift and he's given me a gift. He's still, no matter, even though I was in my sin, he was still assigning me things. He said, okay, you're still in the middle of your garbage, but I'm still assigning you things because once you get out of that, I know where I'm going to take you. So you just got to look past your situation. And, um, you know, every day, you know, as Tim mentioned, you know, you, every day you give authority to something. Either you give authority to Christ or you give authority to your own indulgences. So um, at the end of the day, you have to make it every morning, you make a decision to um, give yourself to Christ because you do give authority to something. And um, I, I'm here today that, you know, I, for, as for me and my house, we serve the Lord. And so, you know, we, that's who we give authority to. My authority is underneath Christ. And um, no weapon shall be formed against my family as long as I'm standing there in the gap. Uh, Billy, would you come? We'll have more time in the second service, but Billy's got a, a neat story too. I just want to start off by praying, God, be with me. Thank you for your deliverance and your son. And, and I just ask that you speak through me and my story resonate and hit home with somebody in need. And just speak through me, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> So uh, I'm like, same as Brian, I came from a, a nice family, and <clears throat> we never wanted for anything as kids, and we were, we were raised in the church, and, you know, darkness just creeps in in places where you would never expect it, and um, at an early age, around nine years old, I started using marijuana and drinking with friends, and, and from there, it, it just progressed, and by the time I was in high school, I was heavily and deeply involved in both using and manufacturing drugs and gangs and violence and, you know, um, it just takes a toll on your life. And, and all during that time, like Brian, you know, uh, God was speaking to me and I just wasn't listening, you know. <clears throat> I knew about God and I turned my back. And uh, let's see, right around <clears throat> year 2000, my folks started attending a, a new church in uh, Corona, where we were living, and <clears throat> God was still speaking to me, you know, the, the loneliness and the depression and the anger, 
and all that was just taking such a heavy toll on my life. I just said, enough is enough. And they offered me an opportunity to go with them to the bridge. And <clears throat> that was the beginning of my salvation. Started going to the bridge, and six months into my first taste of sobriety and life, I was on the roof of my mom and dad's house painting. And uh, the gang task force came and arrested me on my roof. And it, what a test, you know? It's yeah. like, at that point in your life, you're like, what is going on? I'm trying to make a difference, and here it is. But God was with me. Praise Jesus. My, my mom and dad bailed me out the first time in my life. I was accused of a crime that I actually did not commit. <laughs> and God was with me. And uh, the church offered... Uh, to loan me money to pay for an attorney. Um, I'd like to say the outcome was favorable, but because of my past and my record, um, it wasn't quite as favorable as I, I wanted, but um, God was with me. Uh, he spoke to me. Amen. He said, just stick with it, and, and we, we've got places for you to go. And uh, I, I ended up serving a, a minimum sentence of the, of the sentence that they served to me, and um, <clears throat> I started going to church regularly after that. And... Um, you know, getting involved with the Lord, and, you know, I managed to put together 10 years of sobriety, and you would think that that would be enough, you know, the, the evil one is always at, at, at your door waiting for the opportunity to get in, and <clears throat> um, the housing market crashed, I, used to, I worked um, in construction, I had my own business, and I also worked in a cabinet shop, um, two full-time jobs, and I started to stray away from the Lord and, you know, not, not going to church as frequently and hanging out more with, you know, people that I worked with and my friends. And uh, uh, you would think that, you know, being in, in God and having that much time is, is enough and that you, sh you don't ever need to look back. And it wasn't a, a matter of time that the housing crisis finally reached into my field of, of, of work and... Um, uh, I ended up losing everything, and I lost my my truck. I lost, you know, I lost my freedom. Most of all, you know, um, I went. I turned back to drugs instead of reaching for the strength of the Lord. And <clears throat> in six months, I was worse than I had ever been. And, and uh, thankfully, the Lord rescued me, and I was in, incarcerated again. And it was just an awesome time of reflection. After I came out of the cloud, I had time to reflect, and instead of doing what I normally do when I'm incarcerated, getting in, getting into the politics. And I chose to just extricate myself from that situation. And I sat at my bed and I read the Bible and I started a Bible study with five other guys. You know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think that that's much, but, you know, reaching five other people or seeing five other people in the same situation you're in, um, it's just an amazing feeling. And um, when I was released, <clears throat> um, there wasn't really much left for me where we were living, and so I moved to Texas with my sister um, to look for a job. It was a new opportunity for her and for me. Um, I'd like to say that it was favorable, um, but um, finding a job with my record wasn't, wasn't in the cards there, so I moved back, and my mom and dad put me on the prayer list at the church we were attending, and um, praise God, um, the opportunity came forward, and... and I started a new career, and, and I never looked back, and I've been living for God ever since. And you know, So my message to all of you is if you're suffering 
you're suffering in, you know, <coughs> feelings of straying away from God, de depression, just, for heaven's sake, please reach out and speak to someone. Yeah. There are people who are going through the same thing you are going to, and all you have to do is reach out and talk to somebody. Mm. Thank you. That's awesome, man. Am I on? Jess. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, one of the things I thought was significant and why I wanted them both to share um, was, um, yes, the saving grace, but um, many of us, if we're not careful, we can lose our testimony and we can fall away. And they're, what I loved about both of them and talking with them, they were talking to me about how they knew the Lord and he was talking to them and they weren't listening. And I think that you gotta be, you gotta protect the seed that's inside of you. You gotta protect the love of God that's inside of you. And, and, and he loves you and he doesn't, what happens is, is when sin grabs a hold of you, it doesn't let go and it takes you further than you want it to go, keeps you there longer than you want it to be. Uh, but the, the, the goodness and the kindness of God is beautiful and the plan that God has for us is like nothing else. I mean, when we're, when we're living in our calling and doing the things and reaching the people that God's calling us to reach, something comes alive inside of us. And I, I want to see that for you guys. It was pretty neat. Uh, I'm going to say something. We're going to sing a song. And we'll, while the song is being played, we'll pass out communion. But let me say this. We're going to go long today. Um, it was pretty neat. The other day, um, a lady came to meet with me from a ministry. Um, and we support them locally. It's called a Women's Choice Clinic. And um, she said, hey, I had heard that you're helping support another um, pro-life ministry here in town. And I'm friends with them. And they told me that you were giving to them also now. And we said, yeah, a couple months ago, we sent like $1,000 on your behalf to another ministry. I don't often tell you guys where you guys give. But this lady came and she said, hey, I want to tell you what you make of an impact on us. Now, she didn't come because she thought she was going to lose our money or anything like that. She just said, hey, I wanted to tell you what's happening. And I thought it was neat. So she came and we talked for about two hours and she shared, she shared this story. Uh, she said that um, our church, uh, she thought our church was large. And then she walked in and she goes, this is a small church. She said, you know that churches of about 10,000 uh, members give a very small percent of, of, of their money to us. And the size of a church that's your size is giving a very large percent to us. And this is what it's doing. Um, <laughs> She said that in the last, uh, last year, um, they were able to save 177 lives were born because of their ministry. 177 lives were born. And she sent me a picture of this little baby beautiful um, Kendrick. And I'll leave it here if you want to see it. It's just adorable. <laughs> His name is Kendrick and... Um, she said, you guys gave $6,000, and that does a lot for our ministry. And I said, well, do you need more? And she said, I'm not, I, sure, I'm not here for that, you know. And she said, I just want you to know that you guys are doing something that's big. And if there's people in your, in your church looking for a ministry, and they have a woman, and they, they want to share, and they want to meet, they can come and help. And I just want you to know, if you're looking for your ministry, you may find one here. It's pretty neat, and they're beautiful. And so thank you for giving um, to Women's Choice every month. Would you sing a song, and then when you sing, we'll pass out communion. Yeah, I know, it's hard to do that, right? 177 lives this year, born. Man. <laughs>